you, I'll marry you. Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Ready PG-13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Saved by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. It's still real to me, damn it, damn it. everybody welcome to this week's edition of the still real Tough show episode number 618 for december 16th 2021 welcome to this week's edition of srtu i'm one half of the show i am jeff peck joined every single week by my co-host the one only dr trey franklin dr trey this is the last show before the holiday programming schedule my friend that's crazy to think. I mean, I, I, I distinctly remember us saying 2020 was a very weird year because at times it went by fast and at times it went by slow. I think it's just flat out across the board that 2021 went by really fast. Like it blazed through. So uh, thank you to uh, Delta and, and Omicron and all the other variants of COVID for uh, making me speed through this. Uh, but now we're getting into uh, opening some presents and celebrating the New Year's, and uh, we got a pay per view coming up named after the Usos. I mean, this is this is a fantastic time in the world, Jeff. Yeah, I know this is a fantastic time. Um, but is it like I was thinking about this today? Um, when you look back at twenty twenty one, and here we are heading into the holidays, and Omicron and COVID is popping again. Did you think this is where we would have been a year ago still? Um, as far as as far as the COVID stuff, I kind of thought that COVID would kind of become the new flu. Like there'd be different outbreaks and different pop-ups and stuff like that. Like that's not surprising to me. Um, but like, <laughs> hey, we're back in we're back in arenas. We're back in there's fans yeah. back in the stands. I mean that part's good, but then the fallout is you know Ring of Honor shutting down for a while. WWE cutting eighty some odd people over the last year and a half. Like 
there, there's a lot of downside that I didn't see coming out of this. But, you know, when it comes to the actual COVID stuff, like to me, it's not all that surprising. Um, I just that's kind of where I thought we would we would kind of trend that COVID would always pop up and flare up. I just figured maybe like the rate of transmission that it currently is would not be what it was since we were all or a good percentage of us were vaccinated. I hate that we're heading into the holidays and people are now concerned whether or not at gatherings with family. Like it's easy for for you, right? Because like the weather wise, I mean, even today, though, it was in the near the 60s in the Northeast. But for you guys, it's it's warm where you can you could like go outside with your family and friends. Right. Like for me, I'm right. stuck inside now. Say my my air conditioner's on right now. It are you are you kidding me? No, it was seventy four today, mid January, mid December. I mean, it, this like we are like if you get a bit like to me, it's like we're like borderline end times. Like it's seventy four in mid December. Now that's not normal, obviously. It's it's actually about ten degrees higher this year than it was than what our norm is. Our norm's usually around. High fifties to mid sixties, but that's still good. Like you can go outside and not be in some heavy like Carhartt coat. Yeah. Coat like you're yeah, warm exactly. still. Like this morning when I got to leave, I threw on like uh, a little thin hoodie, like yeah. zip up oh. hoodie, you know. And I, and then by the end of the day, I was like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post, but I I had posted a picture. I was posted up uh, parked at a at a Target parking lot. Ooh, old school. Yeah, waiting on my crew to finish up. They're they're door knocking, and I'm sitting there in the back of this big red church van as people are r- shuffling in and out of Target doing their Christmas shopping with their kids. And it's like, yeah, here's some bearded guy in a hoodie with a bright red van with the back door open, sitting there uh, drinking a Gatorade. I'm like, yeah, I, I tip. I don't look like I'm trying to kidnap somebody or sex traffic or whatever. Like it was just so creepy. But like I was literally starting to sweat with just that little hoodie on and I had to unzip it and just get down to just the straight you know, work t-shirt. I'm like, this is really, by the way, weathercast coming soon again. Uh, but it's really warm for this time of year. Here. Like, point I got, it's at least a little chilly at times. Right, you gotta love that. We're talking about uh, Dr. Trey sweating in December. I'm sure that's what you thought when we were going to be downloading the pod, right? Listen, ladies love Dr. Trey sweating. Yeah. That's, that's a whole nother pot. I know there's weather pod, <laughs> That we've talked about doing, uh, but I think Dr. Trey Sweat Pod is <laughs> a whole. It's just topics like what has made you sweat. This, is this going to be like? Remember back in the day when you guys had the uh, unedited versions of uh, the Wheelhouse? Oh, where like, we would, where we just didn't cut it. Yeah, like so, like front to back. Whatever, yeah, and then whatever Cause said, like there was no editing. Like if Cause dropped an f bomb or something, it was in there. Like we would. The, the Dr. Troy sweat pod sounds like it should end up on that, that back end of the uh, the Bauer show, like in the in the very, very dark resources of that site. Like we, we – obviously, we we just have enough time to do this one podcast. But when we were doing back, – back in the pa- pandemic, the beginning of it, I figured you know, we were doing uh, SRTU Watch and we were doing these bonus shows because neither one of us had anything really going on. But, yeah, that's probably the time that we should have done a lot of those offshoot podcasts that we've always talked about. Like, WeatherPod has always been just the joke of the show because now we're both guys in our mid-30s, early 40s talking about weather. That's, like, what we do at this point in our lives, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's I don't know. I don't know what it's like in the Northeast, but in the South, um, if you go to a Hardee's or a Carl Jr.'s or down here we have a place called Jack's and you go in – 
early in the morning, there's like the group of old men sitting around yeah. having a sausage biscuit <clears throat> with their coffee, just talking about everything. I, I'm pretty sure you and I are trending in that direction that here in probably 10 years, our podcast will just be us bitching about people on our lawn. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know this is this isn't something that is uh, like typical in the South, but at least up here in the North, like at our ages, you're a dad. I'm probably going to be a dad at some point in my life. Anytime your kid touches the heat, right? That's what everybody knows. See, uh, yeah, like I maybe it's the air conditioning in the South. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a trip to North Carolina here before long, and I have battled my stepmother for 30 years over the temperature at my dad's house because with her being paralyzed, she does not sweat. So in the winter, she cranks the heat up really high. And, but in the summer, she leaves it there and I'll walk in their house and it's like 83 degrees in their house. And I'm like, how are you people living like this? And my dad's laying on the couch with like two fans blowing on. I'm like, I'm comfortable. I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, like if, when uh when I I have to get actually get the uh, central air redone in my place right now we have window units but like my wife will complain all the time she's like it's so cold in my room I'm like I'm a big hairy dude it it better be cold in my room I'm borderline polar bear we we are cranking this thing down I want icicles in my room for crying out loud yeah yeah I mean it's just this is it we're talking about uh, weather and and heat and air conditioning we're officially two old guys doing a it's podcast. way better than talking about Eichmann Giro. True, true, true. I mean, you don't like jacket time. I, I, that is maybe the, that might be the dirtiest sounding tag team name since you mentioned the Dr. Trey Sweat Pod. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with that jacket time. Um, <laughs> that and it's, I think Kashida could be doing a lot more than being in a tag team, but that's on a whole nother story for another day. Um, Let's get into it, Dr. Trey. World Wrestling Entertainment, we'll kick it off with in the world of WWE. And uh, in, in the the genre of, of shock, um, we talked about the story about a month, two months ago, the latest. And we knew that the contract of Kevin Owens was coming up in WWE. And the feeling was from us, especially what he was teasing after All Out, was that he was AEW bound. Everybody that we enjoy in WWE is typically AEW bound. We'll certainly talk about a rumor name going to AEW, and I felt like Kevin Owens, Mount Rushmore of Wrestling, Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, Kevin Owens, he's buddies with those guys. That's where he would end up. But it came to us this week from Wrestling Inc. that Kevin Owens has reportedly, and also now confirmed, signed a new deal with World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, Owens' previous WWE contract was set to expire at the end of January, but now Fightful Select reports that he is re-signed with the company. On the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer reported that the contract Kevin Owens signed is a three-year deal, which will keep him with WWE for the foreseeable future. Owens did not get a no-out, uh, no-cut clause in his new contract. Meltzer added that it is a good money deal, believed to be 2 to $3 million per year, and he believes it was signed a couple of weeks ago. So he can't be cut by WWE in the next three years. Meltzer also say that the belief is that this was more money than Owens would have made in AEW. He did know that some people within AEW are making that money, but not a lot. Owens appeared on the, now I never took French in school, so forgive me here. <laughs> Les Antes Pod de la Wet, la Wet podcast hosted by WWE French language commentator, Pat Laprade, probably just butchered. 
and commented on the new contract. Based on the new Observer report, Owens' comments indicated his current contract will expire on January 31st, 2025. Owens said the decision to resign with WWE was easy because it was the best thing for his family. He said, quote, It'll just say that my contract, I'll just say that my contract still ends on January 31st, but not 2022, Owens said. I will still be in WWE for several years. The decision was pretty easy because it was the best thing for my family, really. When it comes to that, it also is a pretty easy decision to take. WWE has been my home for seven years now, so I have a sense of belonging. Basically, I spent the majority of my career here. When you look at all the wrestling companies I've wrestled for in WWE, that's where I've been the longest. That's where I need to be for the next few years. That's how I felt, and that's the decision I made. Laprade added on his blog, quote, If you read between the lines when Owen says he did the best thing for his family, it could mean it was a financial aspect of the deal that influenced the wrestler to stay with WWE. Dr. Trey, I gotta be honest, because WWE's taken a lot of L's lately with a lot of very talented wrestlers who are best pals with the Young Bucks, or just are like wrestling darlings like Kevin Owens is. I did not see this coming. I thought he was AEW bound. However, I'm very happy he's sticking with WWE, because I think this is better for his career. People aren't going to like to hear that, but I think AEW may be a little bit too top-heavy right now. Your thoughts here, Kevin Owens re-signing with World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, like when I when I heard the news, I was kind of I, I don't know if I was surprised because when I read his comments, I was like, it does make a ton of sense. Like he's he's been with this company for a long time. Um, he's always been a favorite of Triple H. You know, we we you know you go back to that one match he had with Jericho and Vince didn't like it, but since that time, we've never heard of any issues between Kevin Owens and Vince. I mean, he's always you know upper mid card, top of the card kind of guy. He's never really been pushed down anywhere. Like, he's one of those kind of guys that he's going to come to work and do his job. Uh, financially, like I was thinking about when, they, when I started that report, they were like, there's a few guys in AEW that are making that kind of money, but not many. Uh, you know, for Kevin, I mean, you've got to try to make as much money as you can to set yourself up to be comfortable when your wrestling career is over. Um, if AEW, AEW maybe offers a little more freedom and a little bit better home life balance, but... You know, are they going to offer him up nine million dollars over three years? Nine million dollars can kind of set his his family up for a good time, you know, for a good while. Um, so it makes a lot of sense for him. Like so the the security, especially getting the no cut clause on the heels of you know what happened with Braun Strowman. Braun signed a big money deal, and a year later was cut. Getting that no cut clause uh, is is a, is a big thing because now he's like, hey, I have that security for three years, knowing that when I'm done. There's nine million in the bank, and and my family's kind of set up for the next you know, hundred years basically. So, I think it's a good move for him. Um, plus, as much as we talk about you know how tight he is with the Bucks and, and Adam Cole, he's still tight with Sami Zayn, uh, and he's tight with a lot of guys around there now. He's really tight with Triple H, so it makes a lot of sense for him to stay if he can have the security. And here he knows what he's getting into. He knows what the daily grind of WWE is prepared for it and I, I think it's a smart financial move for him going forward WWE like I said has taken a lot of L's lately both by um, letting really talented superstars like Brian Danielson and Adam Cole go to AEW while also releasing a lot of very talented wrestlers like Bra- uh, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman Keith Lee, Karrion Cross. Um, those folks being released by the company just for free will now they can go wherever the hell they want uh, it was. It, it's been not a good stretch, and this is probably the only bright spot when it comes to 
the financials and the roster moves by by WWE as a company, Dr. Trey, this year when you really look at it and go, well, what's the, what's the one victory? I think the big victory here is re-signing a guy that to us, right? I mean, we're huge Kevin Owens fans. That we It's been ingrained in the show since nearly day number one, episode number one. Kevin Owens is arguably the most popular wrestler between both of us, equal parts. Um, and I thought he was AW bound. I, I think from a financial standpoint, he made the right move. I think from a career standpoint, he made the right move. Um, but when you look at it, do you think had he left, he tested the free agent waters, ends up in AEW ultimately, because I think that's the only place he could go to. He is a guy that can either go to WWE or AEW. He's not going to an impact wrestling. He's not going on to a GCW. There is no more ROH right now. Did he make the right career move? Is this the right move? Could we see in the next three years one, maybe two world championship title runs? Or is he leaving career opportunity on the table by not going to all elite wrestling? No, I, I at the end of the day, and you and I have, have ballied this, this back and forth for a while, I, I still think being in WWE uh, is the best move overall. Um you know, you get more notoriety in WWE than you get. Any, like, and I don't mean just in the hardcore wrestling fans like Tony Khan talks about, but across the board in the eyes of the general public. You know, you see these guys making transitions over into movies and, and TV and stuff like that. That wouldn't have happened for them had they not been in WWE. Uh, the merchandising in WWE is much better. The post-career life is better if you're associated with WWE. Um, you know, whether it's media, podcasting, being a coach, being a French commentator. I mean, Kevin Owens, when he retires, can slide right over into either the commentator booth on the English or in the French. I mean, so your post-career opportunities are much greater. Would he have more creative freedom and have great matches and, and do these you know sixty minute draws and thirty minute draws and everything else that you're seeing in AEW? Probably, yeah, he could do that. But Kevin's really good at being a sports entertainer, not just a wrestler. I think WWE provides before all those things, you know, when your careers are winding down and then post career as well. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thought here about if it was the right career decision for Kevin Owens. I think it was. Um, I I hope this isn't something he regrets later on, but I think WWE is his home. And, and I just, I think from an AEW standpoint, Dr. Trey, and we'll get into this in just a little bit in regards to some potential moves with some free agents that they may be adding here soon, is I, I feel like AEW has gotten a little bit too top-heavy right now. Could you imagine if Kevin Owens joins in February? Because now we're just getting an influx, which was WCW's downfall, of, quote, WWE guys taking up a lot of spotlight in a top company while the, the guys that kind of, like, got you generate or really rejuvenated about their product, the Darby Allens, the Jungle Boys, the MJFs, could get lost in the shuffle because of all these other big names. So I don't know how he would have been booked right now. I think AEW's had their struggles with booking from my standpoint uh, lately, unless you're doing a one-hour Broadway, which was phenomenal. We'll talk about that in a second. But I think this was the right move for Kevin Owens because I think he has more opportunity to succeed in WWE than he does in AEW, and I don't think that's a popular opinion right now. Uh, and I think he has, during this next three-year 
contract extension, I think he has at least two world championship runs in him, in my opinion, right now. One definitely, I think two at the most. Yeah, because, I mean, you and I sat here a couple weeks ago and said, you know, what's the future of Roman Reigns? If Reigns leaves, you need a guy on the top of the card that can draw people in. And Kevin can talk people into a building. He can put out great matches. You know, all the things that you want those blue-collar kind of guys to do. Um, and once again, it, 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 and it wouldn't be – I wouldn't be surprised. Like, so let's, let's, say, let's, let's say things go off the rails. He has a no-cut clause, which means W can't cut him. But he can go in there and say, hey, like, I'm unhappy, you're unhappy, let's go ahead and sever the contract, and then he could leave. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin's in his mid-30s. I mean, a three-year contract still puts him, you know, maybe late 30s, early 40s. I mean, we, we still get, we still see AEW signing guys in that age range to decent deals. So it's not, this is not like it's a 10-year contract. This is for basically the peak of his career, and to see how it plays out. So I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, would he get lost in the shuffle in AEW? Probably not lost in the shuffle because I think his promo skills would put him on par with, you know, the top guys in AEW, if not, you know, the, the top guy. But with the sheer volume of people they have, you know, it, it, it would create a logjam at the top. And at least in WWE, there is a much more clear, defined path to being one of the top four, five, six guys in the company by staying. I agree. Uh, I agree, uh, Dr. Trey. I'm happy. I'm happy that he's saying, are you ultimately happy? Are you happy he's in WWE rather than AEW? I mean, the only downside is we got Kevin Steen and then the old Kevin Steen music. Oh, I love that. I yeah. can't think of it. It was um, Blue Smock Nancy. I'm surprised you don't have that on the board ready to play at any time because there were times – yeah, so you and I would close out that show just by playing Kevin's theme music. We we always did. Yeah, that was one of the best theme songs I think in wrestling uh, in the last decade by far. Much better than Brian Danielson's theme song, which is god awful. Um, talking about people that WWE is interested in, this is the first time that I could ever remember that WWE is interested in an AEW talent, and it's hit the news and it's been public like this. But according to reports from Wrestling Inc., WWE and their TV partners are reportedly interested. In AEW wrestler Maxwell Jacob Friedman. According to reports, WWE TV partners Fox and the USA Network have interest in WWE signing MJF, according to Andrew Zarian of Mattman Radio. It was noted that MJF's current program, CM Punk, has brought in a new level of interest from non pro wrestling followers at both networks. MJF responded to a tweet on Zarian's report indicating that his AEW contract is up in 2024. He wrote, quote, The Bidding War of 2024. It was noted by Zarian that a reliable source um, at one of the networks recently commented on the November 17th MJF Punk Dynamite promo segment and stated, quote, I actually stopped what I was doing and listened to him. I don't think I've done that with pro wrestling in a long time, end quote. There were previously similar conversations about MJF, about interest in MJF within WWE, but apparently that interest is at an all-time high right now. Quote, he has everything we would want. It really depends on if he could be that same person on WWE television. We want new stars to be the focus within the next few years. That's a plan, end quote, one WWE source reportedly stated. Dr. Trey, I, I'm not surprised in this. I am a big MJF fan. I enjoy his work. I think he is one of the last true heels we have seen. However, I do think during this punk program, and it's it's kind of worked its way up, he's getting into that cool heel mode 
where he is a likable heel rather than that scum of the earth that he was really rocking with in his early days on AEW television. I think MJF is is going to be one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling by the end of this decade. I think there is going to be a massive bidding war with WWE and AEW. If I'm Tony Khan, he's a smart guy, unless he's hiring Urban Meyer for his football team. Um, but I digress. Uh, I think he knows that as well and will do everything in his power to extend and keep MJF under the AEW banner. But if I'm MJF and I'm a businessman, I am going out to that free agent market and I'm listening to both those companies because there is going to be, if he continues on this trajectory, there is going to be a big bidding war. Your thoughts here on WWE and their TV partners' interest in Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So I know for a fact that WWE was interested in him before he signed with AEW, but at that time they didn't think he was ready. Um, But over the last two and a half years, you've seen him grow. We've seen him in programs with every top star in AEW for the most part. We've seen him in there with Moxley. We've seen him in there with Jericho. Now you're seeing him there with Punk. Um, He's shown that he's capable of stepping up when he's on the big stage. Um, the question that I am going to have with MJF coming to WWE is they're going to sanitize him. He's not going to be able to come out and mention John Cena. He's not, or mention the other guys. He's not going to come out and cut a promo and compare a guy to a tubby Chris Jericho. That that won't happen on WWE TV. So can he still cut the great promo without getting the cool buzz factor that he gets when he drops somebody else's name or does something like that? But can I stop you there, Dr. Trey? Because I think that is probably going to play a very important role for bringing him into the WWE fold. You have to let him be him, right? To a degree, but once again, WWE does not mention competitors. So you might be able to get the coolness factor and the buzz factor by, you know, popping off about a UFC guy. But if you, you know, you're not going to be able to mention the competition. You know, and I think I think you gotta let him be him, though. I know what you're saying. I get that, but don't you think MJF is thinking the same things? Well, I'm sure he's thinking that, but would WWE actually allow him to do it? Is my question. They're so they're so weird lately. I I just feel like they don't adapt to the current climate of the world. But what's interesting about them is this whole Johnny Gargano thing. Yeah. To me, in in NXT right now is kind of anti NXT like WWE. Usually, when someone leaves, you don't get that video package in the beginning. I I I think I get what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying. The feeling would be that they won't let MJF be MJF, but they have to because he knows the creative freedom he's getting in AEW. They know the creative freedom he's getting in AEW. I'm sure there will be a restrictor played on it somewhat, but they can't let him. They can't bring him in there. And expect him to be someone different. I mean, who are because look at look at like some of the guys they they let be themselves recently. And I look at this from an NXT standpoint. It's I think it's a different ball game, which is going to benefit your point when you come to Raw and SmackDown. But like Adam Cole was Adam Cole during his time under the WWE banner. I don't think he was watered down in any way. You don't think Adam Cole would have loved to drop? you know, a Britt Baker reference on, you know, on NXT. He's different though, because 
I think him as a person and his character is professional. I think if I had to say anything that is a weakness for MJF, I think he goes for a lot of cheap reactions. Yes, and and we brought that up when we talked about the original MJF Funk promo. When you know, plus, I mean, he, he, you you mentioned that he's entering that era of the cool heel, and a lot of that stuff is because, oh my God, he said shit in his promo, or oh my God, he mentioned Ryback, or oh my, like he gets a lot of that cheap buzz because he says things that the other guys don't say, um, but it does kind of come off every now and then as corny. You know. Jer- Jericho mentioned that recently. I don't know where I read it or heard it, but he said there was some sort of comment MJF made in a recent promo where Jericho said, like, you didn't need to go there. It may have been something about, like, Eddie Guerrero. I, I don't – for some reason, I don't know. But it was, it was such a cheap think, way to do it. It wasn't like a – what was it, Dr. Trey? I thought it was when he was talking about AJ and, and, and uh, Punk's dog. I thought that's what Jericho was referring to. Oh, was it that recent where it was like something about AJ Lee? I th- I'm not sure if it was that one or because uh, I don't really remember. Did you hear this thing. thing where Jericho was like, I had to talk to Max? Like, I talked to Max? I mean, he yeah. completely broke character about it. Obviously, it was in an interview. Yeah. I mean, it, which is strange that he said that out loud, but it, it's true. I mean, there's times MJF punches and it's like, oh man, that stinks. And then there's times when he punches. And it's like, like I love the stuff where he said, like CM Punk is PG Punk. He's a robot, and he enters. He's like, oh gee golly, I am Entertown here. So happy to be here with all of you from Entertown here. Like that, there's some truth behind that. It's the the cheap poppy bullshit that I think is is his drawback. Back, uh, you know, honestly, like the Ryback stuff. Like who people that were like, ooh, like. Really, at this point in time in 2021, when's the last time Ryback wrestled? I think when he got right before he got, 14? He like, yeah, I think he did like a couple indie shows after he got released, and that's been it. I, I mean, that to me was, I thought the Miz thing was cheap, but good for the moment. The Ryback the, thing was like stupid. Think, well, the Miz thing was punk fired out, and I think that was a. Yeah, that's true. For the whole allu- you know, alluding to John Cena and Triple H. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Then that... Punk, Punk counters with Ryback, but you know, back back to I, I do think like if if NXT was allowed to say whatever they want, I mean, obviously people would be popping off about the guys that got released. You know, you saw it a little bit with Liv, Liv referencing Becky's you know paycheck costing her best friend her job, and then when it goes to true. The, the YouTube or the Hulu version, they edit that out. True, true. That's so that's good stuff. Yeah, and I, I just I don't know if whoever's running the company in 2024 is going to be adaptable and go, hey, we got to let these people be these people. Well, you uh, know what's funny about that line, real quick, since you brought it up, that reportedly that came from Vince. Yeah, but then so, why would why would it be edited out later? Well, do you think from a kayfabe purpose? That WWE be like, hey, let's add a little bit of fuel to the fire and be like, that shouldn't have happened and we'll edit it out. Like, to me, that would be a genius way to look at it. Yeah. I, 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 because then, just... then you're making it seem like she went off the script. Yeah. It, so when it's, too, she says it, a little bit more impactful. Yeah. I just think you're getting a little too cutesy at that point if you're like, 
hey, if we scripted this way and edit it out, smart marks might get worked up and talk but about that's, But that's their audience. That's who they should be. That's who they should be directing this to, right? I mean, we are their audience. The guys that do a wrestling podcast, the guys that watch wrestling nonstop, read about wrestling, we are your hardcore audience. We're the ones that are going to buy tickets, buy your shirts, buy everything, right? Time and time again. That's who they should be catering to and not like the random fan. So, I, I just think with some of that stuff, when, it, when, when we hear, oh, that came directly from Vince, but then it's edited out. Like, I just don't know how, like, I mean, there's other times that we look at it and you're like, Vince is behind the curve on this, but on this one instance, he was, oh, like, he was good with the curve. Like, well, I'll say to this, like, cheap heat type stuff, and I mentioned this heading in Survivor Series, part of me really thought and still thinks that Charlotte and Becky were working all of us. Yeah, I, I, still, I still think to this day that it was more work. There. I still think there was a little bit of element of shoe because everybody around them has come out and said that they used to be super tight, but they're not that close anymore. But th- hey, so, that's a good way to sell it. Like, why are these people getting asked? Why is the Miz getting asked that when he's talking about Dancing with the Stars? Because uh, it's the Miz, and everybody thinks the Miz runs his. Like, but there were other like, people that were interviewed that got that. I just used this as an example. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, certain people are. Like they're so smart that like they're like a guy like the Miz. People give the Miz the, the rep of he just loves to run his mouth, but he's very smart uh, and calculated with what he says. You know, other people will just run their mouth and say whatever. Um, but it, it, it's you know, there's a lot of stuff. I, I think sometimes it comes they they try to work you know work the smart marks, but then they still want to work the crowd, and it's like God, you guys are all over the place. The other question about this whole let's get back to MJF for a second. In the bidding war, the interesting thing about this is that if I'm not mistaken, AEW has like uh, almost not a salary cap, but they have a pay schedule for their wrestlers. Like most wrestlers, the tiers, yeah, not T E A R S T I E R. Yeah, but (laughs) if how if if MJF becomes the interesting thing is when this comes up, are they going to break this tier mold? to re-sign an MJF because WWE at that point can throw whatever they want at him and then you know also factor in the sheer volume of stuff WWE does outside of the company that can increase your paycheck where AEW doesn't have those luxuries yet. It's going to be seen, like interesting to see like how Tony Khan builds this company up for the next two years to compete when his younger guys become free agents to try and keep them at home when you're going up against whatever, you know, if it's still Vince and WWE or WWE's been sold to a conglomerate like Disney or something who have more money than just about anybody else. So that's going to be the other thing because otherwise, like we just said, Kevin Owens who's probably, I would say, not a top guy, but, you know, top eight in WWE just got $3 million a year. MJF could probably command that, if not maybe a little bit more, come 2024 would an AEW step up to match it and not risk losing quote unquote one of the pillars? But WWE can say, hey, we can pay you four million a year, five million a year, plus movies, merchandise, commercials, special events, mm. tie-ins with other TV shows that can basically almost double, if not triple, your salary. AEW, how can they match that? 
Well, the long game in this is I feel like it, it, when it comes to 2024, and God willing, if we're still doing a podcast talking about wrestling, then that I think the bidding war will be very big because WWE is going to want to take a sh- huge strike at a guy that a- is an, quote, AW guy, right? This yeah. isn't like bringing back Jericho. I mean, I think the only thing that would be this major is if one of the EVPs walked away from the company and came to WWE or came back, depending on who it is, like Cody Rhodes, to WWE. Like, to me, like, there is only – the big blow would be losing an EVP or losing one of those pillars, MJF, Darby specifically. MJF and Darby specifically, I think Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara are a little bit – uh, like a step or two behind those two guys from my eyes right now. If I'm hedging my bets on who I think is going to be top stars in a year, two years, I would bank on MJF, Darby Allen ahead of Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara. I know Britt Baker gets thrown in there, but Britt was really well known on the independent wrestling scene. MJF, Darby, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy were on the indie scene, but they weren't as recognizable as the name Britt Baker. And they were towing, towing around on at Defy Wrestling or Evolve or M, uh, MLW first. So I think that would be a huge get for WWE. It would. It's a massive thing to keep an eye on. It's amazing we're talking about it in 2021 and in 2022. But MJF has been hyping this up. And we'll see if he's really a, quote, AEW guy or if the bright lights of WWE and chasing a dream. I'm imagining he's a guy that went in the wrestling business to work for WWE um, goes in that direction. So something to really keep an eye on here as we go forward here. Surprising that the story came out, uh, for my opinion. Um, sticking with AEW stuff, Dr. Trey, let's do a little bit of a roundup here. The Danielson, uh, Brian Danielson, Hangman Page match goes to a 60-minute Broadway draw at the Winner is Coming Dynamite. Uh, I watched the match in its entirety. I thought it got better as the match went on. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't like draws. I did not like the Kenny Omega, Daniel, Daniel, Brian Danielson draw. But I think this is a match that we will always remember going forward in the history of Dynamite. Yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic match. I mean, it was great. I'm just a big proponent of you only have three hours a week to highlight your talents and build them up. Couldn't you have saved this for a paper like for a pay-per-view? And got an hour and made it Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, WrestleMania, where you just remember that forever. Um, when you well, take an hour out of can your I, show, Can I pause you there? <laughs> Are we differing on opinions a lot today? No, no, no. I'm just throwing this out to you. Okay. H- this reminded me of HBK John Cena Iron Man match on Raw. Yeah. And 123 Kid Bret Hart on Raw. Like those were matches that really stuck out as major matches to me in, in my time as a wrestling fan. And I thought this was, like, as it got on, I was like, this feels like it, right? I mean, sometimes it's good not to be a pay-per-view match. So I think that's where we disagree. Okay, so I will say, in like, if you say greatest matches of all time, the two you just mentioned on Raw, do you rank them higher than HBK versus Bret at WrestleMania? No, not at all. I mean, that's like... That's, that's a, that, 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 but there's that's also kind of commercial of, breaks. But I'm looking at like yeah. TV matches. I'm like, those are historic moments in wrestling history, and I think this is a historic dynamite match. I think this is better than Omega Brian Danielson. My only issue with, like I said, and I love the match. My only issue with it, you just did this a couple months ago. 
And if you're going to do this, as great as it is for as far as a wrestling match, you have a finite amount of time to showcase your talent given your TV schedule. You're burning 30 minutes for, you know, you're burning 30 minutes of stuff you could have highlighted some other guys with. We just talked about the log jam in AEW. So there's a lot of guys that didn't get a lot of TV time on Dynamite where you could have put this at, you know, your next pay-per-view event and it ranked way higher in the pantheon of matches than just a great Dynamite match or maybe the greatest Dynamite mm. match. But you just had the greatest Dynamite match four months ago, three months ago. I think it's been three months. What was Which one is that? Omega Danielson. Well, I, th- I, actually, I actually thought you were going to go. To me, I think the best one was uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker right now. I mean, yeah. I, I, to me, that's the pureness of in-ring ability is Omega Danielson, which is this is where this one kind of ranks up there is, is that style where Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker was just like, holy crap, I can't believe these girls are doing this. Yeah. Like it's, it was kind of shock value mixed in with great wrestling where this was pure storytelling in a wrestling match, which I think Omega and Danielson was as well. But have we had, I mean, we haven't had that 60 minute match at a pay-per-view that goes to a draw that shit, we need to actually go into sudden death overtime. Or, you know, we haven't had that. We've had some great matches. I mean, in some like five-star matches at, you know, pay-per-views for AEW, but we haven't had that match where we're like, oh my God, I remember when this happened. I remember how I felt, the emotions, the whole nine yards. We haven't had that match. And that's why I was like, I loved it. But to me, a 60-minute Ironman match is better suited for a pay-per-view where you have more limited time, there's no commercial interruptions, and people can get lost in the moment, and then you have a sudden death thing or whatever, and then you get that payoff, and you're not killing 30 minutes, 45 minutes of development time for younger talent storytelling to build towards your next pay-per-view event. I, I also understand that the way they do their TV and pay-per-views is different than what we're accustomed to with WWE having won every single month. And some of these TV events are, quote-unquote, a special event type thing. To me, I just want it on a bigger stage than just an episode of Dynamite with commercial interruptions. No, that's a fair point. I think the biggest thing is what hurts it is what you said in the beginning there, that three months ago you did this already. You did it with Brian Danielson. I think that hurts. I think this is a setup match for something more. I, I, maybe we get an Iron Man match at Battle of the Belts in January, the TNT special, or maybe they hold off until Revolution. But I think this is a table setter for something more. It's very old school, which I think fans like you and I would would appreciate. A 60-minute Broadway draw is is a very old school NWA thing to do. Yeah, but they didn't do that. On T, I mean, they did on Clash. I mean, you saw that with Sting and Flair, but usually they saved it for the bigger stages, whether it was a Starcade or, you know, Great American Bash or something like that. You know, but you and I sat here when you go back to Omega and Danielson, we said the same thing. Oh, I feel like this is setting up for something more, and then it didn't. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Crazy thing is, you know what we have, we have never seen? We have never seen a Triple Threat Iron Man match. That'd be pretty weird. And if you did Omega, Page, and Danielson based mm. on these draws, you know, whenever Kenny comes back, that would be a great payoff. That would be a good payoff. Um, I might not book any shows. <laughs> Damn it, Tony Khan. Um, 
other AEW news and notes, AEW has reportedly signed Brody King and maybe the new member of the House of Black, which uh, House of Black christened a new member and whispered in the ear that he refers to them as a King now. Play off of Brody King's name. Uh, Brody King, huge free agent now that ROH has wrapped up. Dr. Trey, this would be a great get for the company. I'm looking forward to this, and I think it's pretty inconclusive here that he is signed with AEW. Yeah, and we get to build another stable in AEW, so uh, we know how much the, those guys love their stables and their clicks. Yep, we need more. Um, Adam Cole teases the best Christmas present for the Young Bucks, and Kyle O'Reilly asks what's in the box, as Adam Cole is holding a box. I think it's pretty safe to say that Kyle O'Reilly is AEW bound. It's either that or Adam Cole is going to pull the Justin Timberlake and put his dick in a box. That would be an interesting television twist. <laughs> That would be something I would not see. You know what I mean? Everybody's thinking it's Kyle O'Reilly. They're like, and here he is. And it's just a dick in a box. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, percentage chance that it's Kyle O'Reilly who debuts in AEW next week? Uh, 99% unless you see Britt Baker with Adam Cole holding the box. Then it's, you, it's, it's the ultimate <laughs> thought. Yeah, we can't give it 100. Um, do you think we could be on a collision course because you saw it right adam cole referred to everybody as the super click and nick jackson responded said the super click and bobby fish and he's like oh yeah 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 could you see adam cole signing with bobby fish and kyle o'reilly and battling a returning kenny omega and the young bucks as a feud in 2022 wouldn't they need somebody else well let's see kenny and the bucks undisputed era it's three on three yeah that makes a ton of sense and then uh you know Malachi Black and his three guys run in, and then the inner circle runs in, and then every other <laughs> best friends runs in. Luchasaurus, the Jurassic Express with with Christian Cage runs in, and it just becomes like a gang war. Dark Order, and yeah, it's, it's Dark Order. Dark Order's got enough people for like three of these teams. So, Hardy yeah, Family yeah. Office <laughs> with returning Jeff Hardy to the Hardy <laughs> Family Office. Which, well. sidebar, this was not on my list to talk about here. We just have a couple more topics, but I will just add, Matt Hardy is, like, going to town on defending Jeff Hardy, saying that he was drug tested after this incident, even though he turned down rehab, that we'll all know the truth soon. They're really digging their heels into the sand that he was not on drugs or drinking, which begs the question, then what the hell was going on? But, I, like, why would WWE want to send him to rehab for no reason then? And then release them. That like this makes no sense Unless, to me. The only thing I could think of was the we offered him rehab and refused, so we had no choice but to release him. Is their way of covering another release that would piss fans off if it looked like a straight budget cut type thing? But if he was an if negative drug test, right? What's the problem? Yeah. Like I just feel like it's surprising to me because we all figure that there's an issue with Jeff Hardy. But Matt Hardy, who has, to his defense, been very transparent and very honest with Jeff Hardy's troubles, does not shy away from it, is really digging his heels in the sand that we're all going to be surprised and, and like, <laughs> owe people apologies when this is all coming out. Like, I'm shocked that WWE would do this. Why would you get rid of a guy like Jeff Hardy then for no freaking reason? <clears throat> like I said, like, to me, it's when you look at the money, if you're trying to, like, steal, like, okay, we just re-signed Kevin Owens. Magically, a week after we release Jeff Hardy, because that paycheck's coming off the books, we have a little more money to spare. We can stay within our little budget constraints, uh, and we won't get the backlash that we got for releasing 
you know, Bray Wyatt, because Jeff's on that level merchandise-wise, because Jeff is still doing a lot of merchandise. That, to me, that's the thing. If Jeff was not on any kind of drugs or alcohol, that was WWE's cop-out, was, hey, we tried to send him to rehab, but then it doesn't explain why <clears throat> Jeff was acting the way he was acting during that match either. No, which was bizarre. I mean, I watched yeah. the video. that there, there was something off there, so. He took a selfie in the crowd. <laughs> he, he, yeah, I mean, he left the match. He, I mean, he, unless the match was just that bad. I don't know. And he was just like holding his stomach. Like, did he have indigestion? Food poisoning? Uh, did he have to yeah. poop? <laughs> I mean, what was it? Like, what the hell was going I'm so confused by this. Well, they fired that doctor that caused Punk to poop in the ring, right? Uh, I think so. I think they did. I think so. Uh, I mentioned earlier on over the weekend, Ring of Honor wraps up, uh, wrapped up at Final Battle. Uh, they are on a major hiatus now until April 2022, but who knows? They may not come back at April 22. They may come back in May, or they may not come back at all, which is my question for you, Dr. Trey. Did we just say goodbye to Ring of Honor forever? No, I, I, I do think that they're going to try. I don't know how fully invested they'll be in in restarting the brand, but I do think they will at least make an attempt just to satisfy their longtime fans. Like, look, we tried, but, you know, we couldn't find anybody. Everybody left and got signed elsewhere. But uh, I, I still think they will give it another shot, um, you know, come come April, because, I mean, hell, they're still touting it. We'll be back in April. We'll be back in April. I mean, if they don't come back in April, then – I mean, you're gonna, they're basically going to NWA themselves and be gone for 25 years until somebody else buys the rights to the name. Yeah, yeah, it's a sad uh, sad state of affairs. I really don't know. I think we may have said goodbye to ROH forever, or at least the ROH that we knew and love. Um, and then sidebar news, very sad news uh, recently, as, as, a, as a huge heel in the, be- like the beginning era of ROH, that 2004, 5, 6, uh, Jimmy Rave, who also was in Impact Wrestling, tragically passing away at the age of 39. Very talented superstar. Um, had, to me, when he was in ROH, like the it factor to be a top guy uh, in any company. And uh, sad news there when a professional wrestler, especially at the age of 39, passing away at such a young age. Um, and then the last bit of news here on this week's edition of the show, Dr. Trey. We talked about this about six, seven months ago, and uh, it is happening as Katsuyori Shibata announced an in-ring return after a career-ending injury. Uh, Shibata confirmed he will have a match at Wrestle Kingdom 16 on January 4th for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It will mark his former return from a year's, years-long retirement due to injury. Shibata's opponent was not a reveal as part of the announcement. Shibata made his intentions known in the ring during New Japan Pro Wrestling's Best of the Super Junior World Tag League Finals on Wednesday. His announcement was characteristically, characteristically brief. He said, quote, I will have a match on January 4th. That's it. Shibata was forced into early retirement in 2017 after he suffered a subdural hematoma during a match against Kazuchika Okada. He has spent years working towards an in-ring return. A major step in that journey was a five-minute exhibition against Zack Sabre Jr. on the final night of the G1 Climax 31. I've watched Shibata's old stuff. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. He's the wrestler. Uh, he's a very much of a throwback superstar performer in the ring. If if he can make it back and make it back healthy, Dr. Trey, this is a huge return for professional wrestling. Any thoughts here on Shibata making his in-ring return after his, what we presume to be, career-ending injury? Uh, and after I finish Shibata, give me a second on Jimmy Rave as well. Um, it's huge. I mean, this is, I mean, Shibata was going to be that guy. He was primed to break out. 
when he had his unfortunate injury that sidelined him. Like the dude was legit. Like you watch his matches, and as a diehard wrestling fan, I watch a Shibata match, and I'm like, I think he's killing that guy. Like everything he struck with just looked vicious, and and, and arguably he was a little stiff at times as well. But uh, getting him back, if if he can come back and be. <coughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I, I'm not expecting him to be, you know, the Shibata of old, but if he can come back and give something to New Japan, it's just another feather in their cap. Um, and on Jimmy Rave, just it, it it really sucks. Jimmy Rave was really uh, from the Georgia area. He worked with so many shows around here. Um, my timeline their day was just filled with pictures of guys I know and respect and, and love, and their pictures with Jimmy Rave. Like he was a huge influence here in the Southeast and. And like you said, he, he had the it factor in the ring of honor. He was a fantastic wrestler. Uh, one of those guys would help out anybody in the locker room, any of the young guys. Just just sucks to lose a guy at 39 years old. So sucks that we lost Jimmy. It's great that Shabbat is coming back, though, as well. Yeah, it uh, was tough news about Jimmy Rave and obviously good news about Shibata. And that's unfortunately how things go in this world of professional wrestling. A lot of highs, a lot of lows, and it's the life of a, of a wrestling fan. Um, so that'll do it for this week's edition of the show. Before we close up shop on this week's edition of SRTU, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at TheBowerShow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real Toast Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us on the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff, and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, sorry for the coughing fit. I'm still fighting off that cold I had a few weeks back. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey, and I will not discuss my nasal digestive system, if that's actually a thing, nasal drainage system. We'll discuss it on Twitter. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. If you hit me up there, I might. Uh, and if you're on Facebook, check out Rocket League Championship Wrestling. Uh, we have a big show coming up this uh, Saturday, the 18th. As all roads lead to the Rocket City Rumble, which will be coming up the first in the first part of January. Uh, so if you're in the area, the Rumble one of our biggest shows of the year. We need to pack that building out. Uh, so looking forward to that as well. So be sure to check out Rocket City on on the Facebook page and look for the videos and the pictures and all that fun stuff. As we say, as we potentially say goodbye to our cameraman who may be retiring this weekend. Uh, I've talked about Lauren on the show several times. He's one of the best guys around, great camera guy, one of my best friends. Uh, but he's got some knee and hip injuries going on that's making it hard for him to walk. So if this is his last show, uh, as, as, a, as a day one Rocket City person, Lauren, I love you. Uh, hope you get better soon. Yeah, sending our best wishes out there. Dr. Trey has mentioned the uh, the camera guy for some time. Wasn't he the camera guy that filmed like that, that pig vignette that you did? Or was that your yeah. wife? No, he filmed that. He filmed, he filmed the pig vignette. Uh, he filmed a couple of our other promos. Like any any pictures that we posted to the uh, SRTU page was taken by him. He has been our photographer for the entire run of Rocket City. Uh, also going back to my days in uh, Athens Pro Wrestling and even uh, a little bit in the Tennessee. So he's been basically my photographer for seven years uh, in pro wrestling. So there you go. Those are all the great things that support SRTU. Spread the word about the Still Real Toast Show. And now, this is uh, the last, quote, uh, normal show 
Uh, for the next three weeks, we enter the holiday programming schedule, which is some of my favorite stuff that we do here on SRT. Probably the favorite things that I do. We'll be back to this normal for- format on January the 13th as we get you ready for, get this folks, uh, the 2022 Royal Rumble and the road to WrestleMania 38. The programming schedule is as, fo- is as follows. Next week's show, our Christmas wishes for professional wrestling in 2022. And we listen back to our 2021 bold and WrestleMania 37 predictions. That's on December 23rd. On the 30th of December, the 2021 SRT Award Show Special and our day one pay-per-view predictions. Uh, and then on January 6th, 2020, 2022, the 2022 Wrestling Preview Show, WrestleMania 38 card, and 2022 bold predictions, and we'll recap and review WWE Day 1. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is the Still Real Host Show. Christmas. Happy holidays. You, I'll marry you. Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Ready PG-13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.